Please remain seated and join me in our prayer for illumination. God of amazement, just as you lifted the eyes of the disciples to the rising Jesus at his ascension, so lift our eyes to you as we hear your holy word today, that we too might turn our eyes toward the needs of the world and follow in your way through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Psalter reading for today is found is from Psalms 47 and is found in the hymnal on page 781. Clap your hands, all peoples. For the Lord, the Most High, is to be feared. Who subdued peoples under us and nations under our feet. God has gone up with a shout. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. For God is the ruler of all the earth. God reigns over the nations. The princes of the people gather as the people of the God of Abraham. Please stand for our gospel lesson, which is found in Luke chapter 24, verses 44 through 53. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And see, I am sending upon you what my father promised. So stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple, blessing God. The word of God for the people of God. Please remain standing as we sing Shout to the Lord. Thank you. 
invite you to be seated. Hear these words from the book of Acts. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, it is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Well, the Easter season, what we call Easter tide, ended on Thursday. But Pentecost isn't until next Sunday. So what does a church do between Thursday and Pentecost? Well, I'm glad you asked. We celebrate the Ascension. My guess is that most United Methodists do not consider Ascension Sunday to be a, a very important part of the church's life. We probably think that's better left to the Catholics and the Lutherans and the, um, the Orthodox churches. And we know this is true. I gave you some homework in my article this week. Did anyone find an Ascension United Methodist Church? And I just want to make sure I, I'm going to make good. If anybody found it. Well, let me say this. Kim Aiken, at first service, she found an Ascension Methodist Church, not United, an Ascension Methodist Church. Where would else would it be but the Bahamas? But the ascension was an important part of the early church. It was a powerful part of the early church. It, in fact, it made it into the creeds, the Nicene Creed, the Apostles' Creed. The third day Jesus rose from the dead and ascended into heaven. And the fact, the author of Luke, who also is the author of Acts, you heard read the last part of the, of the book of Luke, it was the ascension. I read the first part of the book of Acts. It is the ascension. The ascension story is that which binds those two books together. It's the, it's the hinge that completes those books. The ascension of our Lord is the story of Jesus returning to the full presence of God. But before going away, it said, he had one last conversation with his followers. <clears throat> so when they had come together, they asked, Lord, is this the time when you'll restore the kingdom to Israel? In other words, Lord, is this the time 
that things will be set right? Is this the time when the Roman oppression will end? Is this the time when the suffering and the troubles of the world will finally be over? Is this the time when hunger will be abolished? War will cease? Is this the time when suffering will end? When justice will be realized? And Jesus answers, and I paraphrase, that's none of your business. He tells the disciples. Jesus tells his followers, when God's kingdom reigns, God's rule comes, when God's will comes to completion, when God's dream is fully realized, is not our concern. And the truth is, for whatever reason, there are questions in our life for which there are no answers. Sometimes we just have to live into the questions. And by the way, and that's called faith. So what questions does the scripture about the ascension of Jesus ask us to live into? Well, first and foremost, I think it calls us to exercise our faith in Christ. There is no empirical analysis. You can't explain Jesus ascending to heaven because we don't hold to the three-tiered universe anymore, do we? I mean, that heaven is somewhere up there, that we're here on earth, and Sheol is somewhere down there. <clears throat> so it's a faith story. On Ascension Sunday, we acknowledge that the Jesus who walked in history is the Christ who now reigns in heaven with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. In the Ascension of Jesus, we see that Jesus is not bound by time and space. We, it's seen um, vividly uh, from the breastplate of St. Patrick, the prayer that says, Christ with me, Christ before me. Christ behind me, Christ in front of me. Christ beneath me, Christ above me. Christ on my right, Christ on my left. Christ when I lie down, Christ when I rise up, Christ in the heart of everyone who thinks of me, Christ in the mouth of everyone who speaks of me, Christ in every eye that sees me, Christ in every ear that hears me. God is not bound by time and by space. The ascension of Jesus was a powerful experience in the life of the early church, and it is for us too if we will embrace it. And embrace two important things about the ascension. Number one, it calls us to a hopeful future. Through the ascended Jesus, the one who now sits with God, advocates for us, prays for us. It calls us into mission and ministry, into a world that God will someday redeem in full. Reverend Peter Gomes, in his commentary on the ascension, says that metaphorically, the ascension gives us two things, an upward vision and an outward vision. And the upward vision is heaven, where Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. And this vision is powerful, it's comforting, it's hopeful. When someone in the church dies, we gather as a community of the faithful, and we claim this promise for the one who has died. And we also remind ourselves that this promise is for each one of us. Now, we don't hear a lot about heaven, except at funerals, probably. But here it is right in front of us today. Lord, is this the time you'll restore the kingdom? Is this the time when... Um, justice will prevail. And Jesus says, that's not for you to know. I'm sending you what my Father promised you, which is the Holy Spirit. So stay here in Jerusalem until you're clothed. And then it says, he took them out as far as Bethany and lifted his hands and he blessed them. These passages speak to us of a hopeful future beyond our present lives. Bishop Ken Carter tells a story about being taught about this upward vision. He writes that when he was a college student, he had a part-time job as a youth director in an inner-city church in, um, in the Deep South. There were about 100 people, he said. 
75 of those people were over 75. They had built the church. They were the sustainers. And 25 of those people were under 25. So there was no 30, 40, 50, or 60. They had missed two generations. He said at the beginning of every service, the song leader would take requests from the old Cokesbury hymnal. Invariably, he said, an older adult would request victory in Jesus. I would think to myself, he said, these folks just want to escape. Their church is dying. They're singing about streets of gold beyond the crystal sea. Then he said, later on, I'd get it. I would see it differently. He said, these members singing about the victory in Jesus, they were the builders and the sustainers of the church, and they loved those young folk, even though they were not related to any one of them. These builders and sustainers, he said, taught me and taught others about the importance of an upward vision. We all need it. It is through the upward vision that our faith is, is strengthened, our, our hope is shored up. Because Jesus ascended, we're told in the scriptures that he prays for us, he intercedes for us. Now, when you find yourself getting bored, by the way, at the early service, I said red books. Our books, my wife said, you're colorblind. We have blue hymnals, right? Okay, in your blue hymnals, if you ever get tired of listening to the message, um, read about new heaven and new earth hymns, death and eternal life hymns, communion of the saints hymns, and reign of the Lord hymns, all of those on pages 700 to 733. 34 hymns are given toward the upward vision of the ascension of Jesus. For the church to be the church in the world, we need an upward vision where God promises us a hopeful future, a vision where God assures us that God loves us from eternity to eternity. And then there's the outward vision. We hear in the scriptures, as the disciples were watching Jesus being lifted up and a cloud took, them, took him out of their sight, they were gazing, which, by the way, seems like a normal thing to be doing. But then two men in white robes. Have we heard that before? Maybe Easter? Two men in white robes again. They, they, they say to the, the, the disciples, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking to heaven? Reading between the lines, the scriptures we're hearing these two men in white robes say is, why are you standing here? Get going. Go to Jerusalem and wait. Wait for the gift of the Holy Spirit, and when you receive the Holy Spirit, get to work. He was telling them that they were to be witnesses of the love and the forgiveness of God's grace. They were to preach it first in Jerusalem and then to the other places in the world. They were to preach and teach the love and salvation of Jesus first where they lived and then to allow the Holy Spirit to send them beyond the familiarity of our homes. To be sure, this is our commissioning. This is our calling. This is our outward vision. We are to be about the work and the mission and the ministry of the church. We would do well here to remember the prayer that's attributed to Teresa of Avila when she prayed, God of love, help us remember that Christ has no body now on earth but ours. No hands but ours. No feet but ours. Ours are the eyes to see the needs of the world. Ours are the hands with which to bless everyone. Ours are the feet with which he is to go about doing good. This outward call of Christ calls us to be obedient. Obedient to uh, sharing Christ's love with others. You know, when we live into the downward vision, 
to the outward vision, we're living as if we were making our living by fishing. And not fishing with a, a hook, and not fishing with a, a lure, but fishing with a net. You see, when we fish with a net, we don't get to choose what we catch, do we? We don't get to choose what we pull in. It is what God places in the net with which we fish. In other words, in the South, when we pull in our nets, the nets are filled with all y'all, right? <clears throat> Beginning where we are in our, in our lives, in our homes, our works, our schools, our community, God gives us the privilege to cast our nets and draw those in who need the love of Christ in their lives. Where is the ascended Jesus calling you to cast your net today? Where is the ascended Jesus nudging you to share the love of God? Who is Jesus prodding you to, to give a call, to see how they're doing, to have a cup of coffee and conversation, to invite them to church? Where is the spirit of the ascended Lord calling you to become involved in, in the life of the community? Our call from God is to be the church in the world. So the questions for us today is, will we follow Jesus? Do we believe that the church is the presence of Christ in the world? And if so... What does Christ look like in the world today? Being the church in the world is not an easy thing. It takes time and it takes courage and it takes a willingness to fail those failures. Someone once said that being the church in the world is like remodeling your house. It takes longer than you ever hoped. It costs more than you ever planned and it makes a bigger mess than you ever thought possible. It's true, isn't it? The ascension of Jesus, it's not something we can explain as a mystery. We know it's an important part of God's plan for us, but just because we don't understand it, just because we can't articulate it, does not mean that it is not powerful in our lives. It tells us that our Lord is in heaven praying for us. It tells us that the ascended Jesus sends the Holy Spirit to us to empower us to love others. Because of the Holy Spirit, we can have that outward vision to be the church in the world for those who need to experience the, the gentle grace of our loving God. Let us pray. God of the risen Lord, empower and encourage us with your Holy Spirit that we can be the church for our neighbors in all spaces and places of life so they may experience your grace and your love and salvation. Help our fellowship of Aldersgate to have a strong resolve thoughtful minds and glad hearts, delighting in serving you. God of the ascended Jesus, bless us with an upward and an outward vision that we may discover new and creative ways of being your church in the world. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. He who reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. I would invite us to stand and let us proclaim that which we believe. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God, who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus, the Word made flesh, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We are called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, 
to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope in life and death, in life beyond death. God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. Um.